Well, how are we? We good? Man, what, what an incredible time of worship that was. And we're so excited for, because for the last four months, we've been gathering together online only. But this weekend, we are gathering together in person and online. And so we're so, so excited to be doing that. And if you're still watching online, man, we're so incredibly uh, glad that you're still able to do that. We want to continue to do that. Again, coming uh, out of this season, I mean, we're not out of it. We're still in this season. Uh, Those are both great options in person and online. And as a church, we're going to continue to try to do everything that we can to maximize both of those in person at our two campuses, uh, physical locations, and then online. And coming out of this, we're going to be launching an online campus as well. And so that's one of the really cool things that God has done over this last four months. And that's some good news. Are you ready for some good news? Uh, Man, just how God has been so faithful to us over this last season or in this season, like I said. And so we're so incredibly grateful for those of you who are gathering in person with us and then those of you that you are gathering online. We are going to continue in fact, we're going to close out our Roman series over the next three weeks. And so if you have a Bible, open it up to Romans chapter 16, verses 25 through 27 is where we're going to be. And I'm actually going to take three weeks, the next three weeks to close out these three verses. All right. And so we're going to spend some time here. We're going to kind of wrap up the summer, close out this book that we have been in. It's crazy. It'll wind up being 51 weeks. And so almost 52 weeks, almost an entire year calendar. I mean, it's been longer than that in the calendar, but almost an entire year digging into the book of Roman. And it's one of these that we could have done it for 16 years. I mean, I could have taken a, a chapter a year because it's so Deep, And so I want us to dig in for the next several weeks. But before we do that, I just want to give thanks to Pastor Chad and Pastor David, who spoke the last two weeks. Let's give it up for them. They did such an incredible job. Um, You know, it's always... Uh, it's always exciting to me to hear other voices, to, to, to hear people preach the word of God, because it gives me a chance to be a student and to learn. And those two guys just did an incredible job speaking uh, over the last two weeks. And it was really, really cool to watch that, to dig in with you online as a part of that. But I am very, very excited. I mean, I had to be lying if, if I didn't tell you. I'm so excited to be preaching again uh, and to dig into these three verses. So before we do that, as always, let's pray and ask the Lord to bless our time together. All right, pray with me. Father, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather together as your church, whether that is here at a physical location or whether it's online. God, we're so excited about the coming together, the worshiping together. And God, we know that worship is not just singing it. It is singing, yes, but it is also reading the word and responding to the word. And so God, as we now open up your word, I pray that you would help us. As always, you would help us to see and to savor and to know and to enjoy your word. These verses that we're going to study for the next several weeks as we close this letter out, God, are so huge, so important. And so God, I pray by your spirit, you would fill us and then in not only in preaching it, but we would, we would receive it and that we would live it out. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's what I'm going to do, all right? I'm going to read through these three verses, and then we're going to come back together. And I'm really only going to preach verse 25 tonight, all right? I'm really just going to preach this one verse because it's so deep. It is so rich. And I think it's so important for us to take some time to dwell on each of these, all right? So let me read all three of them, then we'll come back to verse 25. 
It says, now, to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages. We're still not done with the sentence, all right? Paul loves him some run-on sentences, which is why I love Paul, all right? But has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. And let's all say that together. Amen. That's one sentence. Again, I think my English teachers that corrected me throughout the years for having run on sentences just weren't biblical enough. All right. I wish I was smart enough to go back in that time and like I'm just trying to be like the Apostle Paul. All right. And and this sentence, this one sentence here, again, it's so chock full of good truth, and it's going to take us a couple weeks to dig into it. All right. So now, what I want us to see in verse 25, and depending upon your your Bible, depending on what translation that you use. You might have a heading above this section that says doxology. And that phrase doxology is a Greek word. In fact, I mean, it's an English word that comes from some very specific Greek words, two of them. One that is doxa means praise and logos, which means utterance or word. And so whenever you see the word doxology, it's a reference to uh, someone praising God. And this is an Old Testament tradition, we just say biblical but one that Paul and New Testament writers, because obviously they were Jewish, they would bring that over. And typically at the end of a service, you would have a doxology where you would have a time where you're kind of saying everything that we've talked about, praise God, praise God. And there's, uh, some scholars believe that Paul, and you heard, if you listen to Pastor David last week, you know that Paul didn't actually write this. Another person write it. He dictated it. Some believe that the letter to the Romans was actually the last letter that Paul wrote. And there's some evidence towards that, even though in your Bible, it's the first one that Paul wrote. And the reason why it's in your Bible like that is because it's his longest one. So Paul's letters in, the New, in our New Testament are arranged from longest to shortest. And so some theologians believe that Paul, this section here, this doxology section, was actually at the end of all the letters that Paul wrote, not just the end of Romans. And either way, I am fine with, again, I don't think it's wrong to think that it might have been arranged a little bit different than what we actually have here on our page, because the words are true. And what Paul is getting at here is what he is saying is at the end of the day, at the end of the letter, or at the end of all my letters, it's all about him. That's what he's getting at. And that's the point. And so this phrase here, doxology, is the, is the statement or, or, or what Bible translators have used to kind of draw your attention to that Paul is wrapping this up, and in wrapping this up, he's calling our attention back to him, back to God. And so Paul is not just doing this or writing this as, as though it's the Romans' response to what Paul is saying. This is Paul responding to what Paul has already written. This is Paul responding to everything that I've already said to you. Now, my response to what I've said is praise God. Now, you know you're a pretty good preacher when you can say praise God to your own points, right? When you can say praise God to your own letters. 
I'm not quite there yet, all right? Maybe one day I can praise God for my own preaching, all right? But, but here's Paul, and he's ending it with that phrase. And so what I want us to do is let's look back at 25 and break down what is actually this doxology. So verse 25 says, Now to him who is able. Now to him who is able. What is he able to do to strengthen you? How? According to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. So we're going to spend our time together today talking about that right there. In fact, the title of this message is now to him who is able. And this word here now is a conjunction, which if you've been around our church, you know, conjunction, junction, what your function. All right. I like conjunctions. I like prepositions. And, and this conjunction, what a conjunction does, it's a connective tissue. All right. It's connecting what he's about to say to everything that he has said. And so it is a way to call attention to something. So he's saying now, when, now, now, now to him, now and forevermore to him. He's going to get into that in verse 27. We'll do that in a few weeks, but right now to him. To him. The reason why this is so important is because so many of us right now can live our lives not to him, but to, to me, to them, or, or, or to her, or to another him. But Paul is bringing this all back together. It's like, I, wanna, I want you to understand something. Now, it's to him. It's to him. It's all from him. It's all for him. It's all going back to him. It's him. Why? In just in case you were wondering, why to him? Like if you're here, you're watching online and you're like, eh, it's not really to him. It's to me. I mean, life at the end of the day is, a, is about me, right? <laughs> well, everybody but you would disagree with you, right? No, it's not about you, it's about him. And here's my argument to you. Again, especially if you don't believe, you don't want it to go to you. You don't want now it to be about you. You want it to be about him. Why? Because he's able and you're not. Because he's able. He is able to him who is able. You're not able. He's able. That's why we want it to be to him. Now, here's the good news. What is he able to do? To strengthen you. So here's why it's actually great news for you if you're not the center. It's great news for you and me if we're not the center because someone else who is the center is actually able to do for us that we couldn't do if we were the center. We're not able. He is. If you want a preacher joke, we're not able. We're Cain. Right? And what did Cain do? Messed it up. We're not able. He is. 
And the beauty is, if we let him be who he is in our life, I'll dig more into this in just a second, he's able to strengthen us. It's actually beneficial for us for it not to be about us. He will strengthen you. Now, just in case you didn't believe Paul in that, let me give you a reference scripture. Philippians chapter 1, you can turn there if you want. If not, I have it here on the screen. Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6, Paul, same guy, wrote this. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, which is a good habit, by the way, to be thankful. You look around the world today, you may not think that there is much to be thankful for, but when you think about him who is able, you got plenty to be thankful for. So Paul had a habit of practicing thankfulness. He said, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, for you all, listen to this phrase, making my prayer with joy. Let me ask you a question. We've been praying for the last few weeks and we're wrapping it up this weekend, our 21 days of prayer. I don't know about you, but all my prayers aren't made with joy. If anything, most of my prayers are made with fretting, anxiousness, worry, anger. How about that one? Not joy, but my prayers will be made with joy if they are made to him who is able. If they're made to him who is able, then I'll always make them in joy because I'm praying to one who is able to do what I'm asking. And we're wrapping up our prayer. And that's why we called our church to a season of prayer. Why? To remind us in 2020, we ain't able. He is. Has 2020 taught you that yet? <laughs> Has 2020 ruined your best laid plans yet? This is why going into 2020, you know, 2020, 2020 vision, almost every pastor on the globe was like, 2020 vision. And they talk about all this vision. And I'm not making fun of that. I understand it. But I really felt deep in my spirit that for us this year wasn't a, wasn't a series about vision because we just came out of that, multiplied everything that we're doing. For us, it was more, it wasn't about taking new ground. It was about holding ground. It was about integrity, which our theme for 2020 is integration. It's about integrity. And so when we think about that, and we think about our prayers and how we've prayed and how 2020 has just ruined our best laid plans, and I don't consider myself to be a prophet, but I wonder about all those preachers that prophesied blessings in 2020, prophesied increase in 2020. Ain't nobody ever prophesied decrease. Right? Has 2020 shown you yet you're not able? Well, if it has, that's actually good news. Why? Let's continue. Look at this. Verse 5. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So Paul's writing to the church in Philippi. He's saying we're in partnership. We're partnership, koinonia, fellowship. We're together in this. But here's what I want to highlight. Verse 6. Paul says, and I am sure of this. I am sure of this, that he, he, I'm sure of this, that him, now to him who is able, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Why is it so important that it be to him who is able? Two arguments here that Paul makes. 
First, the reason why it's important, because there would be no you without him. There'd be no you without him. Parents, right? There would be no kids without you. Which is why my dad would always lovingly tell me, I brought you into this world, sucker, I can take you out. And I believed him not only because he was bigger, but because he was first. He was here before me. And that's ultimately what Paul's saying. Why is it important to make sure it's about him who is able? One is because he is the one who began it. Now, here's what's interesting to me. This Greek word here begin, you know, I like words, is the Greek word in arche. In arche. Two words there. In, E-N, means with. R-K means beginning or first or leader. So when it says began, he began a good work. What it means is not only was he there when you trusted Christ, but it also means that he actually made the beginning. He wasn't just there in the beginning. He just wasn't around kind of hovering when you trusted Christ. He was like, great, now you're with me. No, he actually made the beginning happen. There would be no beginning of you trusting Christ without him because he actually is the one who began it in RK, which is interesting because it's the exact same mindset that we have in Genesis chapter one. In the beginning was God. What is Moses writing there? God wasn't just around in the beginning. God actually made the beginning. There would be no beginning without him. Now, here's why this is important. Because Paul's argument is, number one, he began it. Well, if he began it, he'll bring it. If he began it, he'll bring it. And this is why I got to be honest with you. And we've talked a lot about this, especially in the book of Romans. I don't understand a lot of times, and I don't mean this critically, but I don't understand people who push back on the idea of the sovereignty of God and, and, and the, the need to feel like we have to like push the agenda of saying, well, actually I'm saved because I chose him. It really, I don't understand how people want to elevate their choice to the same level as God's choice. And I understand the reasons for that. But one of the fallouts to that is if this whole thing is based upon my choice, then we in trouble. If this whole thing is based upon my ableness to begin it then it's also based upon my ableness to bring it. This is why I love the doctrine of the sovereignty of God. I love to highlight the fact that I wouldn't be a creation or a new creation without God. He began it. Because if he started it in me, guess what? He's going to finish it in me. This is why I love it. But here's what's interesting. This word, I don't know if you picked up on this, in arche, in arche. It sounds very close to an English word that we have. Except we don't spell it in arche, we spell it anarchy. Not en, 
We spell it A-N. And if you go do an etymology on that word, you'll see that the prefix A-N doesn't mean with, it means without. And R-K is the same Greek word, which means beginning. So the people who want anarchy, you know what they're saying? We began this ourselves. Because here's what I know. If somebody was before me, if somebody was the RK, if somebody created, if somebody recreated me in Christ, then they are the ones who are able to call the shots. We'll get into this in the next few weeks, but he says he did all this to bring about obedience to faith. You want to know why people want anarchy? Because they don't want a leader. They don't want somebody first that's not them. And I wonder how many of us as Christians, we are not chanting anarchy in the streets, but we're living anarchy in our hearts. And see, again, this is why I love the doctrine. Because if he began it, if he was in RK, he'll bring it. Which means, even when I'm faithless, he's faithful. Even when I don't have the qualities that measure up, he does. Even when I fail, he doesn't. And so Paul is trying to send a very clear message here to us. It's to him. And why do you want it to him? You really don't want anarchy. Trust me. You really don't want a leaderless life. You really don't want a godless life. Because, and here's the ironic part, it takes a leader to step up to lead anarchy, which is just weird to me. The ultimate irony. It takes a person to lead a resistance. And hear me, church, is that not exactly the same thing that Satan did in Genesis chapter 3? What did Satan come up and do? You don't need NRK. You don't need God with, you don't need God with you. You need life without God. And this is why, again, it's great news for you. It's great news that it's to him because he's able and you're not. I've never been so proud to lose. And that's why Jesus said, man, this is an upside down kingdom. You want to live, die. You want to win, lose. You want to be elevated, humble. You want to be exalted, go low. Because the ultimate, listen to me, church, the ultimate sin is the sin or the sin behind every sin is pride. It's anarchy. He didn't begin it. I began it. And this is where you have to be careful, even in your theology, if you put too much emphasis on the fact that you're saved because you chose it. Oh man, I don't know about you. My opinion is I just want to do everything I can in my theology, to make sure that I'm making room to say, you know what? No, it's really because God. He began it. 
And if he began it, the good news is he'll bring it. He'll bring it to completion. He'll bring it. How does he do that? Go back to verse 25. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to, it's a preposition, the words that expresses a relationship. How does he do that? Has he strengthened you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages? Now that second according to, we'll get into next week. That's a teaser. Make sure you're here again. We'll get into the according to the mysteries that were kept secret. We'll get into those. But the one I want to highlight this week, and we're going to close with, according to my gospel. That's interesting. Paul doesn't say according to the gospel. And the word my is there in Greek. He says according to my gospel. Now, Paul wasn't saying that he had a different gospel. And he clarifies that this is how you need to study the Bible. You let other parts of the Bible interpret the part of the Bible that you're confused about. So go to other parts of the Bible and let it speak into what you're confused about. Well, Paul clearly said elsewhere, if, if an angel shows up and preaches a different gospel, he's a curse. So Paul's not preaching a different gospel. Why does he say my? Because he personalizes it. Paul's here saying, I'm preaching this according to my own good news. My own good news. Church, let me ask you this. Do you just live the gospel? Or is it my gospel? It's my good news. It's my good news. So I said, I've never been so happy to not be able. I've never been so happy in my life to be a failure. It's my good news. Paul says, that's how he does it. He does it through, according to, my gospel. Well, how does that happen? Through the preaching of Jesus Christ. The preaching of Jesus Christ. You know, preaching is a peculiar profession. It is. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul actually calls it, the NIV says it, the foolishness of preaching. I mean, think about it. Preaching is really a peculiar profession. You guys come online or in person and you listen to me or somebody preach the word. And I got to be honest with you, sometimes as a pastor, I'm like, man, does this preaching make any difference? Is this doing anything? But why would God invest power into words? Why would he invest power into words so that there's no confusion that it didn't come through your actions? Preaching, Paul calls it the foolishness. It's really peculiar. Well, you say, well, I've, I've listened to a lot of preaching and, and, it, and it didn't strengthen me. Well, you might've been listening to Christless preaching because not only do we need to prioritize preaching, but preaching needs to prioritize Jesus. And there's a lot of preachers today, as do as one of my professors says, they use the Bible as a runway to take off from and never to return to. I don't want to ever do that with you. 
In fact, my goal in preaching is to dig into the words and show Christ. Because God has invested power in the words. And Jesus is the word. In the beginning was God. And God was there in the beginning. And then God said, let there be. And that's exactly how we're saved. That's exactly how we're strengthened by the word of God. And so I want to always preach in such a way where I'm not giving you my opinions because there's no power in opinions. If that were true, Facebook would have saved us all. And, and, and I'm going to, mm, I don't have much time. I'm going to say this to the cows come home. You can't convince me that social media is not a way to inflame our own egotistical tendencies. Our own narcissistic tendencies to say, no, not to him who's able, but to me. No, it's according to the gospel. It's according to the preaching of Jesus Christ. So I don't want to give you my opinion. I want to give you the word and I want to do it in such a way where you can see how I got it, where you can see how, why I see it that way. That's why I like to break down words for you. I like to dig into these words because it doesn't matter what my opinion is. What matters is what he said. That's where the power is vested. And so a lot of us, maybe we hadn't been strengthened because other words, I mean, you realize there's no news today. It's all opinion. And, and news is no longer about information. It's about affirmation. And we all live in our own little echo chambers and only listen to. And social media is designed in such a way by the algorithms just to feed what you already like. So there's not a lot of people today giving you information about the news that's good called the gospel. So I'm not telling you my opinion. I'm telling you that's what preaching is. Literally preaching is the public proclamation about an event that has happened. What happened? Jesus happened. The eternal God put on flesh and dwelt among us. Why? because we weren't able to beat death. We weren't able, but he was, and he is. And Paul said in Romans 8.32, if he who did not spare his own son, will he not also graciously give you all things? God's already done the hard work. You think God's up there saying, I don't know if I can give him this blessing. When God said, the hardest thing has already been decided. I already gave you my son. You think it's hard for me to decide if I'm going to give you this? I gave you him. And so then you say, well, why didn't he give it to me? Maybe, maybe he brought 2020 to show us you can have all the technology in the world. You can have all the money in the world. You can have all the influence in the world. You can have all the fame in the world. And I can shut it down with something you can't even see. You're not able. And if you think you are, you're living a life of anarchy. You're not. And that's good news, friends. 
great news because he is. He is able and he will strengthen you according to his gospel and the preaching of his word. This is why, and we'll get into this next week, Paul, some of the greatest verses in the Old Testament, Numbers eleven thirty-two, Isaiah 59, 1. God says, are my arms too short to save? If y'all were here, remember when I did that T-Rex sermon? God ain't no T-Rex, man. But go ahead, pull up your arms like this. Pull up your arms. You, you, you know who the T-Rex is? You. Your arms are too short if you're watching in our family environment. Go ahead, just get your arms out. Your arms are too short. His aren't. His arms aren't. His arms are able. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for the fact that you are able. And everything that we do and everything that we are, we want it to be to you. We want it to be to you. We want the doxology to have the correct person in the middle. We don't want to praise ourselves. We want to praise you. We want it to be about you. Because if it's about you, then you're the one that has to do the heavy lifting and you'll strengthen us. So God, if there's anybody here or watching or listening to me who has never had the arm of God extended to them, and save them and begin a new beginning in them. We know that you can do that right now. So God, would you do it by your Holy Spirit? Nobody looking around or talking. If you've never trusted Christ, you want to trust Christ, then God's making a beginning right now. Yes, you respond in faith, but it's in response to the work he just did in you. If you want to trust him, you can pray with me. And it goes like this. Say, Father, thank you for being able. I submit myself to you. I humble myself. Would you save me? Would you strengthen me according to your gospel? Make it my good news. I'm trusting Christ. I ask you to save me. I ask you to forgive me. Thank you for loving me. Now, if you're here in one of our gatherings and you just trusted Christ, we want to know about that. So would you just simply lift your hand up so we can see that? It's awesome. Thank you. Those watching online, you can please let us know as well. But church, as we re-engage together, as we gather together in person online, let's never forget who it's to. It's to him who's able. Father, would you lovingly remind us of that? Thank you for 2020 for reminding us of that. We're not saying we've liked it or enjoyed it, but we can be thankful that you reminded us that you're able. So would you strengthen us? Would you strengthen us through your word, through the gathering of your church, through the preaching of your word, through the good news about who Jesus is and that you began it so you'll bring it to completion. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.